You excited to talk about Bally Manufacturing? Ah, everyone loves Bally Manufacturing. Love some Bally slot machines. I love some Bally pinball machines. They made a lot of pinball machines. They made some old arcade cabinets, too. Some classics. I'll have to look for some when I'm on the Ocean City Boardwalk. Bally Manufacturing. Truly a great company. Way better than Stern. Howdy, it's Monday, July 12th, 2021, and this is episode 152 of Do For A Win, the Atlantic City Casino Biz Podcast. I'm Kyle Eskin, joined, as always, by Craig Stone. What's good, Craig? Well, in just a few days, I'll be on the beach, staring wistfully at Atlantic City Casinos, but not actually at Atlantic City Casinos. So that's good and bad. That sounds lovely. It'll be nice. Exactly what you want. No, it won't be nice at all. You'll just have the siren call just in the distance. I'll just wake up one night at an Atlantic City casino and be like, how did I get here? I just... <laughs> Why am I covered in toasted coconut donuts? It's yeah. <laughs> a good point. I wonder that frequently. Indeed. Truly the theme of the podcast. Why am I covered in toasted coconut donuts? So what happened in 1952, Greg? First and foremost, Bally Manufacturing, which later became Bally's Entertainment, which you know and love for Bally's Park Place. Indeed. Made an Atlantic City themed pinball machine and when i say pinball machine it was really more of like a bingo machine you pulled the little trigger and a ball went up and it went down some plinko style things and then it would land in a number and you had a bingo card on the front of the cabinet or whatever they call it and it would light up the number that you got and you were trying to get bingo there were no flippers or anything so as far as i can tell the only skill in this game is just bumping the machine to try to get the ball to go where you want it to go without tilting it my understanding is that is actually a very important part of pinball skill. Yes, it is. I've never actually done it with any Presumably, success. how you control the initial launch is also a skill, but... No, as hard as you can, and just oh, launch it. Fair. And then You're and right. it's always like skill launch or whatever, and it's like, I just pulled it as hard as I could. I don't know, there's no skill <laughs> launch. There used to be a pinball place right by my office, and that is a victim of the pandemic, sadly. But the guy who ran it was like a, I guess, world-class pinball player. And when he was on a machine, he was like wrecking the machine. It oh, was yeah. like loud how hard he was hitting the machine to keep the ball from, from going down the middle and, and being out. So yeah, I, people who are for real players are not shy about whacking on the machine a bit. <laughs> but I don't know. Foreshadowing. Bally Manufacturing makes the Atlantic City themed pinball machine and then they get into gambling just to get into the Atlantic City market. So here's the real question, Craig. When are we doing our do-for-a-win trip to the Atlantic City Casino in Lima, Peru? There's an Atlantic City Casino in Lima, Peru. Have we talked about this on the show in the past? Do you actually not know this? I feel like I must have talked to you about this in the past. I vaguely remember you sending me a link. Is this what casino that looks exactly like another casino? Like it's totally modeled on another casino? No, not really. Hmm. I mean, it looks kind of like one of the Trump properties is the one it would most look like, but... Yeah, so it's the Atlantic City Casino. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, kind of. But surely, one day, we must go to the Atlantic City Casino in Lima, Peru. Someday, after we've like really struck it rich, you know, finally our gambling winnings have come in, we're no longer due, we can go fly to Lima, Peru, and go to the Atlantic City Casino, and finally say that we've been to every Atlantic City Casino. <laughs> 
That's true. You haven't been to the mall until you go to the actual Atlantic City Casino. We already can't say that because, like, I've never been to the Sands. Uh, we we were never at the Atlantis or whatever it was. The, Great, yes. The former Playboy. The Playboy Club, yeah. Which I believe we said looked like an Fair. 8-bit dong. At this point, we basically have never been to Harrah's because it's been so long. That's true. Once you haven't been for that long, your, your like, virginity grows back. That is actually science. I read about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're, we're off on a weird one earlier. I'm not actually listening to you. I'm just looking at pictures of the Atlantic City Casino. All right. I should close this window for the sake of the podcast. Yeah, we're never getting anywhere further as long as you have pictures of <laughs> Lima, Peru on your, on your computer distracting you. <laughs> so what else happened in 1952? Uh, another big fire happened. Couldn't have. Yeah. A fire, you say? In Atlantic City? Yes. That couldn't have also happened in 1951, last episode. <laughs> <laughs> Not even that far into 1952. They couldn't, they, they barely made it. So you wrote, stealing from some website, I'm sure, the fire, which occurred early on Monday morning, January 7th, caused complete destruction or severe damage to 18 buildings and slight damage to 13 others and to sections of the boardwalk, included where the St. Charles Hotel, what's considered one of the finest hotels on the boardwalk, which, by the way, whenever I read any marketing materials like that, makes me suspicious that they're not willing to say it's the best, but they're willing to say it, it might be one of the best. Hey, this is not marketing materials. This is the Atlantic City Experience.org. <laughs> A project of the Atlantic City Free Public Library. Yes. And so the St. Charles Hotel is in the area where the showboat, or the fire was in the area where the showboat is now. The National Board of Fire Underwriters said that sweeping fires involving large sections of the district are probable because all the hotels and rooming houses right next to each other on the long and unusually narrow blocks coupled with high winds that carry fire from building to building. No deaths or serious injuries because it was January. So at least we've got that going for us. Yeah, I'll link to the fireengineering.com article. I'm sure a site that you frequent regularly. Yes, indeed. I'm surprised I did not come across this myself. Do you need to say that you frequent something regularly if you frequent it? Uh, You're there regularly. You could frequent it irregularly, I guess. (laughs) So, I have done my own work, Craig. And did you know that in 1852... Oh, boy. Yeah. The construction began on the Camden to Atlantic City Railroad, which would open sometime in the future. So I this don't is want to huge. spoil it. But oh, man. I, w- this is it because of our friend, friend of the podcast, Dr. Jonathan Pitney, along with the civil engineer from Philadelphia, Richard Osborne. They hatched a plan to really turn Atlantic City into something. And this was like step one, building the railroad. Why did we waste time talking about this fire? <laughs> I was going to go into some whole thing about, you know, the pictures of the fire on this website. Screw all of that. Doctor Anytime, Jonathan Dr. Jonathan Pitney. Pitney, absolutely. Wow. That's we have to know, when, when did we start doing this, Craig, by the way, so we know when to stop? We need to figure it out, because it certainly wasn't 1852, but it was in the 1800s for sure. Did we? All right, well, we'll, we'll, we'll figure we'll it out. Back. I don't think we did. <laughs> I think we did the 19-whatever's in the 2000s. No, that can't be right. Oh, maybe when we were doing the eight, the 1990s, we went back to the 1890s. Hmm. Yeah, so yeah, I hear some 1988 stuff, so... I've thought for a while that we're going to end up in a situation where we're redoing years that we've already done, and probably just talking about the same stuff that we've already talked about, and just not have any idea, because we don't sort of keep Ooh. a catalog of anything that we, we talked go. about on the show, or remember anything we talked about on the show. The first one I saw in my very quick perusal was 1895. We had something saying the Press of Atlantic City was founded. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's no freaking train from camden to, to atlantic city something that made the city possible indeed it's probably the most important 
Certainly the most important transportation project in Atlantic City history, I think it's fair to say. Not the airport? Surely not. <laughs> Unbelievable. Two spirit flights a day to Atlantic City? Well, come on. Everyone knows it's just a wannabe airport. The real airport in our hearts is at Baderfield. That's so. true. That's a good point. Anyway, moving on. You have an update on our video from last time. Yes. Uh, one of the first replies of many, many replies to our last episode post on Facebook was from David W. who said, Have neither of you read Bryant Simon's book? I thought that video was quite striking. This is a video about 1951. that was just an Atlantic City promo video, and we said it was extremely uninteresting. <laughs> it was a very long video. Anyways, David says, Watching for who is in it perfectly captures the book's thesis. While I knew that was how Atlantic City portrayed itself at the turn of the century, I was shocked that is how it still chose to portray itself in the 50s. You sometimes forget how much progress has been made in the past 70 years. It, it's true. When he did point that out, I thought, you know, I think you look at grainy black and white footage, and in my mind I was thinking like, oh, yeah, you know, this is like the 1920s. This is 100 years ago. Of course they're portraying it as this super wholesome thing and talking about, you know, how to put a lure on your fly fishing rod or, or whatever. But in reality, yeah, like this is the 50s. This is after World War II. Atlantic City at this point had been sort of a place for under the table drinking and gambling for 30 or 40 years <laughs> and there's still and at the end and tourism was way way down at this point uh so it's probably at one of its seediest points and they're still portraying it as oh yeah you come here to fish you come here to you know hang out in the salt air and that kind of stuff so that he that is an interesting point from him just sort of like correcting our timeline and I will say, I have Bryant Simon's book. I've owned it for three years, and I think I read the first chapter and just stopped for some reason. I think because I was trying to read it on the back of also reading Dr. David G. Schwartz's book. And so I was, I just kind of like was on overload and put it down. But yeah, I think that's my summer reading assignment now is to read the Bryant Simon book. All right. Thanks no, for the well, Facebook post. No, thank you. It was great. It was great hearing from you again, by the way, David W. Yeah, he was one of our early, very frequent facebook commenters so. no it was great it was great great seeing his face again on the facebook post sorry that i am a philistine though there's, there's nothing to be done about that i have a whole library of atlantic city books that i need <laughs> to send your way for you to read <laughs> for me to also not read just like you yeah i've read all of them except that one no you actually you you are much more learned certainly on the past of atlantic city than i am there is one book that Michael Traeger from Travels Work recommends very highly that's out of print and is extremely hard to find that i have not read so, talking a bit about Atlantic City right now, uh, the Smoky Man has been lifted. It was lifted just in time for the 4th of July weekend, which at this point is uh, a couple weeks ago. There have been some hints from Governor Phil Murphy that he's going to consider legislation to ban it again in the future. I don't know, do you have any hot takes on this? No, I mean, I think a lot of people seem to have very strong opinions about it one way or the other, like either, you know, a casino is a place where you go to do adult things. And smoking is an adult thing. It's a vice, like gambling and, and drinking. Other people, of course, say, you know, it's been amazing with no smoking. I, I do think that sometimes people forget that Atlantic City has for a long time had the 70-30 rule, right? Or is it, I think it's 70-30, not 75-25. But at least 70% of all the casinos have to be smoke-free in the first place, which for the most part I find very good. Like, you go to Vegas, and it's hard to escape it in most of the casinos, especially the casinos with the lower ceilings. And I don't necessarily find that in Atlantic City. The one place that I do find it difficult is Borgata's 9-6, 25-cent Jacks are Better machines, <laughs> because those are right in the smoking section. And I think Caesars, too, or Bally, one of the two of Caesars or Bally's are also 
right in the smoking section. But for the most part, like if you want to be at a table that's non-smoking, you can do that. You may have to pay a slight premium. There are certainly plenty of slots that are smoke-free if you're a slot player. So I kind of don't have a hot take just because of that 70, 30 or 75, 25 rule. But I know people are very heated about it. Yeah, I also don't have a hot take at all. I personally, I guess, slightly prefer no smoking, but it's not something I lose any sleep over. So if it comes back, that's fine with me. Even even the Vegas style is uh, smoking. Does, it doesn't really bother me. Yeah, and and there's a weird thing of like I have never smoked more than like extremely casually, and I probably haven't smoked a cigarette in five plus years. I think I was probably the last time I was in Vegas. The last time I smoked a cigarette, not this most recent time, but the time before, and. Still, if I'm like walking behind somebody and they smoke a cigarette, the first thing I think of is like, oh yeah, casinos. (laughs) And so I don't really mind that at all. And so clearly I don't have that like averse reaction to it. I think a lot of people have sort of said, I'm straw manning everywhere here. Uh, (laughs) A lot of people will say. Many people are saying. (laughs) That, uh, you know, obviously Revel was smoke free and it didn't work. And, you know, you're going to make people not want to come. I don't know how true that is. I know in Vegas, like Park MGM, I think went smoke-free. I don't know if it still is. But at some point, the market can sort of decide. Like, if it was really advantageous for a casino, I think they would try it and see how it went. I mean, it's kind of hard, though. It's hard to be the one. Uh, Like, you know, I guess it's working for Park MGM, but I think it was... It's seen as not a good thing for Revel and perhaps a part of its demise that they made that decision when they did. It's like resort fees, sort of. Everyone has to do it or no one can do it. It has to be all or nothing, I think. Do you think if it was legislated out where basically you couldn't do it, would it have a big negative impact on the gambling revenue? I think it would have a negative impact. I think there's enough players that, like, smoking is an important part of going to the casino for. Like, would it be huge? I don't think so, but it would matter at some level. I do think Atlantic City is unique on the East Coast. I don't know about the Connecticut casinos or like the tribal casinos. Mm. I know in Maryland, like Horseshoe, they even have slot machines that are outside, right? Like on a balcony. Yes, and those correct. are the smoking machines. You have to yep. leave the building because the, the indoor smoking ban is statewide and they have no exception for casinos. Whereas in New Jersey, it's like this exception. But it would be interesting to see if it came up. But I can't imagine that like the casinos would push for this. I know that a lot of the argument is coming on behalf of the dealers and yes. the casino workers. Which sounds right at some level to me yeah but unfortunately i don't know how much power they wield when it comes to making legislation happen in a place where the casinos kind of run the show (laughs) yeah well all right you've talked me into it i'm for the smoking ban really because i'm i'm on the (laughs) fence i'm neither here nor there on it i think the idea that that it being something that's good for the employees of the casino it, it it makes some sense and again i don't think the market can can fix this it either needs to be an all or nothing thing yeah, that's an interesting point because I sort of thought like, oh, well, you know, the market will. Just- I mean, Park Park MGM, I think it's a bit different, just given like how many properties Caesars and MGM own in Vegas. Like, there is that possibility for a very niche property, but with uh, Atlantic City not having any casino that has that sort of market power or whatever, there, you know, if you're an independent person, if you're resorts or whatever, you're never gonna end up banning it. I don't think, or I'd, I'd find it very unlikely. Yeah, or even in the state, just in Nevada in general, there's just so many casinos. So you could see like a small locals casino saying like, hey, we're the smoke-free casino. If you don't want to smoke, come here. Whereas like in Atlantic City, it's all big, giant casinos, and there's only nine of them. Like At Park MGM, is is, to me, it's like the MGM casino, like the lowest roller one. Does that make sense? Well, I guess there's like Excalibur, but yeah. (laughs) 
but yeah yeah i mean that's probably true and they're certainly the one that's going for the more interesting market like mm. beyond just cheap right like luxor and excalibur are very much focused on on being the cheapest right and monte carlo had sort of been a very cheap option if only because it wasn't all that popular and i think park mgm totally rebranded and still couldn't get away from that yeah <laughs> so I, I do think they have to make decisions like that but yeah it's kind of interesting from that standpoint anyway we will see what happens listener mark p emailed to let us that bally's black card members get a hundred dollar appreciation dinner which can be used at guys chop house and you say presumably also jerry longo's meatballs and martinis so i can perhaps inquire about that next time i'm in town are you going to go get a black card next time we go sure i'll status match why not um, I didn't even set foot in the place last time, but the couple of reviews we've seen of, of, or at least that I've seen of Jerry Longo's meatballs and martinis have been very positive. So that's good. Mm-hmm. I like cocktails. I like meatballs. Yeah. Sounds good. I will definitely check it out and try to do that. I have quite a few casino dinners, I guess I need to do, but uh, there are worse problems to have. Yeah. I still have no idea if I have a Caesars diamond dinner and they <laughs> hate me, by the way. I My rates everywhere, Vegas, AC everywhere are so, so high. You haven't even stayed there in a while. I don't know why they hate you so much. I know. So MGM, I stayed at Delano for two nights when I was in Vegas in 2019 and barely played at all at Mandalay and just got hammered. But it makes sense, right? Yeah. And, and, and I went into the trip knowing that and feeling great about it. Like, this is going to be amazing. I never come to Vegas. I'm taking advantage of these nights at this super nice hotel. So two years, it was almost exactly two years ago that we went. We went in late July. And I just got an email from Mandalay saying you can now get one comp night. And so when I, <laughs> when I logged into MLife, I'm getting three at Excalibur, two at Luxor, I think two at Park MGM, and then one at a bunch of other places. Nice. Weirdly, my Bellagio rates are not as they're like a hundred bucks a night, which it sounds good for Bellagio. Yeah, like I would rather pay a hundred bucks a night for Bellagio than free at Excalibur. <laughs> I mean, you should do what uh, Mikey would want you to do and try to upgrade into whatever fountain yeah. room. And <laughs> Mikey was just in Vegas. What a legend! He was at Resorts World. Yeah, so I so it is interesting, like that two years sort of break. But I bet what's happened is I've like walked in and swiped like an idiot. And barely played at, at a CET property at some point and that I can't even remember. But it's been a while since I've played at any CET property. Yeah. But I do still have Diamond. I just need to parlay that. <laughs> I still got my M-Life Gold. Got to get that sweet, sweet Bally's Black Card. Hyatt Explorist from my M-Life Golds. Getting me all sorts of nothing. Oh, see, Foolish. In previous years, you used to actually get stuff for that. Now they took that away. Uh it was just this year. But yeah, you used to get all kinds of sweet, sweet nights and whatever. Lame. Tisk tisk. Anyway, Doherty's, which thank you for telling me how to pronounce that, Craig, at Resorts has daily happy hour from 4 to 6 p.m. with a dollar twenty-five oysters, $1 clams, half-price apps, and drink specials. This is at the Raw Bar in the former Gallagher's Burger Bar space across from the main steakhouse. This is up on the second floor, I believe. Yes. Uh, hat tip to Angela C. for tweeting it and posting it on Facebook. I haven't seen Angela C. in our Facebook group in quite a while. What's up with that, Craig? I think she posted this in our Facebook group. In our Facebook group? Or maybe she tweeted it at us. I don't know. Mm. I saw it from her. Because she used to be a pretty frequent poster in our Facebook group in the old days. But it's true. have not seen her around a whole <laughs> lot. Uh, I met her at Zork Fest. Oh, really? Yeah. Very nice. So I really want to try Doherty's. It's like one of the top two places I want to go in AC. Certainly, it sounds like these are fantastic specials to me. I would love to eat a whole lot of $1.25 oysters. Yeah, and the, the I don't know. Did you eat with us at the Gallagher's Burger Bar when we went? 
I don't think he did. I think no. it was me, Dave, and Andy. And the space was fine, but it was like nothing to write home about. It looks like they've done a really good job, at least from the pictures I've seen. It's sometimes it's hard to trust the like website pictures because they can make a Bally's Tower premium room look super nice. But yeah, it looks it looks really cool. So yeah, Doherty is definitely something I'd like to check out. Do you know is this raw only or raw and fried or what's the situation here? I don't know. It doesn't explain mm. that at all on the little email thing that they sent. I like both, so I'm not really judging, but it's nice to be able to get a mixture. Yeah, yeah, I like both. It's weird, because it seems like something I wouldn't like at all. It does seem like something you actually wouldn't like at all. It does. I think my wife convinced me to to try it, and I liked it, so. I would not have guessed that you're a big Raw Oyster fan. I wouldn't say I'm a big fan. Actually, so the thing that happened is we went to Harry's one night, and it was empty, and so we had great service, which was rare for Harry's. And they were just telling us all about the different oysters and which ones we should get if we're, like, novices and all that stuff. And so we just ordered, like, waves of oysters of different kinds and and found out kind of which ones we liked. And so, that yeah, it was cool. It was a cool experience. I think it was, like, January. And so I always have a soft spot for Harry's for that. And now, same owners, Dockery's. Nice. Do you want to talk about Sopranos Con oh, so- slash Mob Movie Con? Sure. Coming so to Sopra- Harrah's. Sopranos Con slash Mob Movie Con is coming to Harrah's July 24th and 25th. This is from an article on NJ.com. Apparently there are appearances by a bunch of Sopranos and Mob Movie stars. And Ice-T, of course, famous for Law & Order SVU, surely. And not his earlier career as a rapper. The thing he's most famous for, yes, is definitely Law & Order SVU. Yes, and not his song, Cop Killa, but definitely SVU. Has he been in mob movies? I feel like probably at some point. Uh, He's had a long career. I'm not sure. I don't know. The biggest Sopranos character they keep advertising that's going to be there is Lorraine Bracco, who is the the psychiatrist. I've seen two seasons, which everybody says are the best two seasons. But I have to say, watching Boardwalk Empire, every time I finish an episode, I'm like, I should go back and watch all of the Sopranos and see actually good TV (laughs) (laughs) instead of watching this Boardwalk Empire. Spoilers. (laughs) Yeah down on the season on on board of empire the first two seasons of board of empire were great but anyways that's we'll talk about that later tickets did you say ticket prices tickets i did did not 50 bucks for single day 75 bucks for both days i'm not a huge mob movie guy Nah, me me either i I haven't watched one in quite a while i tried giving a lot of them a chance i feel like in college and i always found them a bit plotting for my tastes back then i'm sure that makes me a lot of enemies among our listeners but it is what it is yeah like i've never seen casino all the way through but I've seen a very climactic scene that's like extremely brutal and still haunts me to this day. Two scenes. Two scenes oh. I can think of from that movie. I think I've only seen 15 minutes of that movie and two of them are just like insanely over the top. That still to this day, I'm just like, oh my goodness. Like every time I see a baseball bat or a vice grip, I think about them. <laughs> yeah, it's just awful. Uh, I can't and I can't deal with that. I just can't do it. So uh, none it's of that just, for me. Like I tried watching Goodfellas, which I think is considered one of the finest movies in that genre. And it was just like way, way, way too slow for me. Yeah, I'm going to get my New Jersey card revoked because I, I don't like these movies. But yes, I have no no problem with the graphic violence or whatever. That's fine with me. But the pacing has always killed me in all of them. Yeah, I feel like I've, I watched the first Godfather movie and even that I feel like is pretty slow. Yeah, just probably because I'm a five-year-old with the attention span of a gnat. So I'm sure the problem is on this side of the table and not with all the people that love it. When I go to movies in a movie theater, like 30 minutes in, I'm looking at my watch and trying to figure out when the movies end. It's like, do I even like movies? Maybe I just don't like (laughs) Yeah, I certainly don't like movies. It's too much. Too much at once. I really like being able to pause stuff and like, like I'll watch a movie in like four sittings and that's great. Every time I'm watching Boardwalk Empire, I'm like, oh my god, 52 minutes. Like, how are people supposed to sit through this? 
uh, part of it's like this season's incredibly slow, but uh, <laughs> our friend Dave went to Atlantic City. Yeah, I, I saw. Did he tell you all about it? No, he told me nothing about it. He did quite well. He sent me a text, one text, just with a picture of Landshark, because I think he felt like he was contractually obligated to do so. Yes, he did go to Landshark. Uh, he won some money, so that's good. On uh, four-card poker, of all things. Four-card poker. We used to play a lot of that back when we were younger, but not in like 10 years. I think I played four-card poker the first time we ever went, got absolutely obliterated. I don't think I've played it since. So I don't know. Hopefully I have license to tell Dave's story here. But what happened was he was playing four card poker and the guy next to him gets up to go to the bathroom and he gets the hand that the other guy would have gotten if he didn't leave to go to the bathroom and he gets dealt four of a kind. So that pretty much made his profit for his whole trip because that's like 800 bucks on a <laughs> at a $10 table. Uh-huh. That was good for him. I think he had a couple other decent hits at that table and did pretty well. He did say that there were two back-to-back dealer straight flushes at the table and that's one of those things where like if you're losing the whole trip and that happens you're like this shit is rigged i'm never playing at the casino again but if you've already had the four of a kind and you're up eight hundred dollars it's like oh that's so funny it's so funny that the dealer got back-to-back straight flushes (laughs) the other thing dave said is that he and his wife really enjoyed rife which is good to hear rife's the new restaurant uh, down by stockton that's one of the other two places that I've really wanted to try in Atlantic City. So very good to hear that it was good. They sat outside. I think they have a decent amount of outdoor space. It seems like it's a really big restaurant in general. Um, and they've been doing a bunch of like theme nights and, and weird stuff like that. But the menu looks really good. So good to hear that the food's actually good. And the last thing is that he was not impressed with his Harris waterfront tower room, mm. which I feel bad because I told him that it would be totally fine. That's, yeah, foolish. In episode one, the waterfront tower was highly desirable, but I'm sure it hasn't been updated since then. So yeah. so I thought it, they were all renovated, because that's the tower connected to the conference center. I think every other room in Harris has been renovated except for the waterfront tower. Yeah, so the waterfront tower is the newest tower. Yes. It was built in 2008, but I think you're right that the rooms have not actually been renovated since then. I don't think then. so. I think every other tower has been renovated. Every other tower has 100% been renovated. And so you're right. I totally steered Dave wrong, and I feel bad. Yeah. Sorry, Dave. Literally any of the other choices would have been better, I think. <sighs> Sometimes, though, you get the old tower that's been papered over and new carpet. Right. Like So So I don't know if like the Laguna Tower at Harris. Yes. Like, is that actually nice? Or is that like the Forum Tower at Caesars where like, it still sucks. I don't know. It's like the the Jubilee Rooms in uh, Ballet's. Yeah, although the Jubilee Rooms can be big. Like, if you get one of those corner rooms, those are big rooms. I'd be totally fine with that room, although the rest of the tower kind of sucks and the elevators are scary. But I I mean, better than Claridge Tower. That is for sure. Is that it? Is that all we have to say? That is it. I think we've done everything we've hinted a lot at our boardwalk empire oh but we can't get there yet because first we have to let people know that if they want to come to our facebook group they can do so at facebook.com slash group slash do for a win find all of our great content at do for or buy a shirt there uh, reach out to craig on twitter at do for a win or me at kyle Askin and send craig some questions so we can answer them on air to do for a win at gmail.com now you can talk about boardwalk empire i thought you were going to say right there that we have to let people know that they can stop listening now and we have to let people know <laughs> that surely this episode will be ruined by technical problems. So we'll have to record again. <laughs> oh, God, I hope not. That would be awful. Uh, you want to talk about Boardwalk Empire? 
would you like to talk about it? I think you can you can fly through it as long as you don't read all of this that you wrote. It's actually not that much. So oh. Van Alden, who is now Mueller, is bootlegging, which is good because he ironed a coworker in the face and needs a new career. They are not skipping town because they're going to try to sell their their alcohol to some Norwegians. Apparently, this all seems very suspicious to me. Like it it got past my uh, you know. It's like no, I, you would have to leave town. That's what you have to do if you iron someone in the face. Yeah, the, I think a central theme of Boardwalk Empire is that nothing is ever investigated. Like there is just there are no police. I was thinking there was something else in the show where I was like, well, clearly they'd be looking for like clues about who did what and it would lead back to Nucky or whatever. It's like, no, nobody's actually looking into any of this. Nucky has a sort of tour where he goes to see Jimmy's mom and about Jimmy's death announcement, which they were very surprised about because the announcement said that he drowned in the bathtub, which was actually, you know, fake Jimmy. Then he goes to see Andrew Mellon about taking down Attorney General Shooter McGavin. Does not seem to go well. And then he goes to see his girlfriend and punches the girlfriend's new co-star in the face. You missed when he when he went to see the district attorney or the attorney and uh, Milton from Office Space. Oh, that's true. Yeah, which led was a man to, about town. Which led to him then going to see Andrew Mellon. So the results were Mellon's actually going to help take down Shooter McGavin and the guy who always talks about himself in the third person. Indeed. I can never remember his name. He says his name all the time. I know, and his, I can't his remember. Na- right. And his name was said like five times during this episode. Yeah. Jillian tells Jip Rossetti where he can find Nucky that night. Indeed. Nucky, after beating up his girlfriend's co-star, basically puts her on retainer and says, you're getting paid for life, baby. Except that Jip Rossetti blows up Babettes right before Nucky and Rostin walk in. And seemingly kills Billy Kent, Nucky's girlfriend. Very sad. Although that was not her name at the end of the episode. But Oh, yes, you're right. <laughs> she changed it to something Eastern European. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know where Jip got his info from, but surely if you hear someone has a seven o'clock dinner, you wouldn't set the bomb exactly for 7.00. But yeah, that's what do I know? Insane. What do I know about being a, a mobster? Yeah, they got stopped by the uh, the friend from Baltimore from episode two. Indeed. And he saved their lives. Uh, both Nucky and Rostin. But that was the thing I was thinking, like, well, you know, Nucky just fought with the the girlfriend's co-star. She gets blown up. Everything's pointing back to Nucky. But, like, there's, this isn't Law & Order SVU with Ice-T. Ice-T's not coming da, to connect da, da, the da, dots. Da. Yeah. No, there's no investigation here. I don't know. What are, you, what are your general thoughts about the episode, since that's the plot? I thought it was as fine as any of the episode other episodes this season have been like i think the margaret stuff is getting a little bit more interesting i like the things that happened with andrew mellon i thought that seemed fairly interesting i love milton's character from office space he's a great i think every time he's in it it's just gold good to kind of see the billy thing wrapped up i think it was getting a bit over the top got to find out more about van alden's new new wife so she's becoming a more interesting character she's on top of it very smart get them in the norwegian liquor running game uh i wrote you know how many times is nucky gonna get ambushed at babets before he stops going there because he did get shot well, through the hand this, there this will presumably be the last time since it doesn't exist anymore <laughs> since babets has blown up although you know we've talked about all the fires in atlantic Indeed. city they'll just uh, rebuild it so they'll just yeah they'll just rebuild it this is this was like a tuesday night for them in in the 1920s so not a big deal i have two more notes one was anything more obvious than the long build-up to Mueller ironing that guy's face. Oh, no. No, nothing. 
I'm glad that that is done too. Like all the Mueller at work scenes know, were just so horrific. Yeah. So. And, and like all the writing and directing this season, I think has been so rough. 30 minutes into the episode, I typed out in capital letters, just bored. Like I was just like so yeah. bored. And then like every, and I feel like that's been true of a lot of the episodes where like nothing happens in the first 30 minutes and then they cram everything into the last 10. Even some of Nucky's lines sucked in this episode. Like Nucky talking to Melon no, was Nucky, just a really Nucky's awkward scene. Just been like a terrible character this whole season. Yeah, like he's not a good character right now. Like I think all the Margaret No and stuff's interesting. Like Margaret and the Doctor is interesting. I, I'm interested to see what happens with Andrew Mellon. Yeah, but no, Nucky's a bad character. Like Jimmy's mom is a terrible character. Chip Rossetti is a bad character. So, like I like I like Lucky. I like you know we got to see what's his name back from Italy and like he seems to have like <laughs> a, a new outlook on life. Oh, yeah, he's definitely getting killed. He's way too relaxed. Yeah. Al's thinking oh, yeah, about yeah. how to off him. No, yeah. No, I agree 100%. <laughs> yeah. Were, th- were they even playing the song at the end? I-, I didn't know where Al shot what's-his-name in the first episode oh, of the, the I didn't, show. I didn't connect those dots. It's possible. But, yeah, I thought yeah, that he might sure. just do it right then, but he didn't. But, yeah, Johnny Torrio is very relaxed right now and letting Al handle everything. And we've already seen that it's Al, not, when he not a good feels idea. like he's handling things on his own, he does not need a handler. No. The worst thing in the show, Billy Kent, her line to Nucky, I just want you to be my gangster. That was bad. That would have been corny in a Batman comic book. And then it starts sex scene. Yeah. Vaguely rapey sex scene, too. Ter- terrible. It's so bad. Just the worst. Yeah. I was feeling better about the show in episode seven of the season, and then I was just right back to episode eight, thinking it's awful. But it seems like a lot of bad plot lines got wrapped up, though, and hopefully it's it's looking up. Yeah, I think I think everything's just going to be reckoning from here on out with Jimmy, Jimmy's mom, and uh, I mean not Jimmy, well, Nucky, not Jimmy. Nucky, Jimmy's mom, and and Chip Rossetti. I think that's like where we're going. And now I say that the next the like thirty minutes of the next two episodes, first thirty minutes of the next two episodes, will be about nothing at all. Jip Rosetti's dong, and that's it. Yeah, it'll just be like the details of birth control in the 1920s. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys very much for listening, as always, and we will uh, talk to you all in a couple weeks. I want to see some dongs. I can put my camera on. Oh, you're talking about the Home Run Derby. No. Why would you think <laughs> I was talking about the Home Run Derby? <laughs>